What's up, guys? Hey, John. Do I sound okay, or do I gotta adjust my shit? You Uh, sound way too goddamn loud. Turn the gain on your mic down, and put your headphones in. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) How, How is this not an established process for you? Like, how do we have to go through this every episode? Because I only ever use my headphones to record with you guys, and then I unplug it and I forget about it for a week. <laughs> How do I set my default devices, man? Oh, he doesn't you... remember his devices. <laughs> Jesus Christ! How many? What? Clock is ticking. <laughs> I can't believe you don't know how to do this. Welcome to the Good Games Podcast. My name is James. I'm Leo. And I'm John. Uh, today, I'm, I'm very excited, gentlemen. We're talking about one of my favorite games of 2017, Hollow Knight. The Hollow Knight. The hollowest of the knights. Now, you guys both had a chance to play this, right? Yeah. Uh, but not necessarily finish the game. Correct. Yeah, that game's hard to finish. Yeah. Um, that game is the hard full stop um but uh this is like i would guess uh both of your like first like real metroidvania right oh um mm, it's probably the one i've I've put the most hours into as opposed to like castlevania Oh, like legit ass, <laughs> like, right? Like Castle Symphony of the Night, Order yeah. of Ecclesia. Like, like, yeah, like I've played a few minutes of all those in the arcade. Okay, or whatever, you know? all right, all right. Not uh, in the arcade, but you know, or whatever. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. I, okay, it's okay. definitely the okay, the most, good. the longest amount of time I've tried playing a, a Metroidvania game. Well, I wanted to ask, what was your guys's reaction to this type of game? Um. I felt like it is award worthy, and wait, 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 wait. The type of game. before we get into Hollow Knight, okay. I'm just talking about the the game format because I imagine this is sort of a system shock if you haven't played a game like this before. Yeah. Okay. Well, for me, um, like it probably evokes more like old school memories than anything else because okay. uh, that game i think the game mechanics are reliant on you not really knowing anything about the world and like oh yeah kind of st- stumbling upon things oh and yeah and counting on you to remember on your own what like things are linked together mm-hmm. and i thought like oh okay this is old school game design but you know i think it, it plays well to itself like uh like it's a nice change of pace from the rest of the industry where like everything's a tutorial everything holds your hand like here's markers and checkpoints that tell you how to go everywhere and like it's just a linear path as opposed to like 10 different approaches on everything in the game you know i i I went back and played a little bit of hollow knight um before we started talking just to refresh my memory because i I finished this game i don't know whatever several months ago i think this game does a great job of tutorializing all of its mechanics without like being heavy-handed with it um so it does a great job, like in the very beginning of the game, um, you you have to, in order to progress out of the like tutorial zone, it drops you in a hole and you have to figure out what the jump button is to get out of the hole. Then there's a wall in front of you. You have to slash the wall with your sword. So like it, 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 it like 
right in those moments there. Like it taught you how to jump and how to swing your sword. Like without like press A to jump, press Y to swing your sword. Like it's not heavy handed, but still definitely tutorializes all of its mechanics. Like in a really, I don't know, smart way. That's true. Yeah, but I think that counts more towards the moment to moment versus like the big picture, right? Like after you pass the tutorial area, then you're just kind of like dropped into the town, that main mm-hmm. area. And then like the only option is to go through the hole. And then just after that, you can go south, you can go east or west, but it doesn't really kind of point you. And the maps aren't like, you know, the levels you have to discover. Oh, no, no, no. Like the exploration is all you. It is not handholdy at all. Like it exactly. just lets you, it lets you go wherever you want. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So is that typical of Metroidvania's? Of the good ones? Yeah, probably. All right. Yeah, I really don't like Metroidvania games. <laughs> okay. Um, why? Can can you dive into that? Like, why? You just... <laughs> well, that's kind of what I was hinting at. Like, I think this game is is um, it's award-worthy, and it's, it's worthy of all of its critical acclaim, but I okay. just did not enjoy it at all. Well, why? Um, I think it's. I, I want you to qualify both of those things. Like, what do you mean that it's worthy of all the praise that it gets, and what do you mean that you didn't enjoy it? Okay, so I can tell that the game is very well designed from a standpoint of like, you know, I'm a I'm a developer. You know, you're a developer. You guys are. We know what mm-hmm. it takes to make smooth gameplay with smooth animation frames, beautiful artwork. Um, it's just a well put together package. I can tell they put a lot of. <laughs> You're giving me a lot of credit. I don't know how to do any of those things. Okay, no, but I'm just saying, like, we know how much work is is involved. In okay, that. and I and can the, roughly estimate something that's how quality, much work, yeah. yeah, versus yeah, something yeah, that's yeah. not. And yeah. so um, I can tell that they put a lot of thought into level design, um, into the the puzzle sort of systems and the combat, like feels smooth and everything. But just like the general game play is just bad mm-hmm. for me um having to figure out where to go on my own i don't like okay uh having to fight or knowing enemies that kill you really easily i don't like uh yep. having to retrace my steps for whatever god awful reason i don't like yep having to remember everything myself yep, yep. i don't like yeah uh so yeah, so just pretty much the whole game. Yeah, I don't like that's, that's that's a big part of these games is um, exploring and uh, at least for the first part of the game or when you enter a new area, it really requires you to hold a lot of the like world map in your mind until yeah. you're able to um, find the map guy and like fill out on, oh, on paper. But that's like, so much pressure. I hate it. It's so frustrating, and then you die. <laughs> And then uh-huh. you have to go all the way back to a mile away to, to respawn uh-huh. at the last but, like rest zone, you know? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't wouldn't you guys say uh like Hollow Knight's probably more on the brutal side of the Metrovania? Oh, spectrum? absolutely. This game is wickedly difficult. Absolutely. Like like an actual Metroid or a Castlevania game is probably a little bit like less or a little more forgiving and less difficult. I I actually I actually yeah and to test that theory I actually did way more prep for this episode than I have any other episode in recent memory. I went back and played a little bit of Super Metroid just because um I felt when I was replaying Hollow Knight for this episode I felt like it was drawing a lot more from Super Metroid than I remembered and I wanted to test if that was true and then went and played Super Metroid. Um she, uh, Super Metroid is 
difficult, but like in a different way. It's like the mechanics are just not as like smooth and uh, like it probably controls differently. Yeah, it, it enemies attack differently and all that. Yeah, it just like I felt like when I was playing Metroid. I felt like there was so many times where like I got hit and there was nothing I could really do about it. Where like in Hollow Knight, it the game the the controls are so tight and the enemies are so well designed. Like when you get hit, you're like, oh fuck, that was my fault. Like I got hit just like walking around the world in Metroid from like an enemy that was off screen, or like an enemy will just like fly into your space and like unless you have like lightning reactions, you just take damage. You're just like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> so i mean they're both kind of hard but in different ways mm-hmm. I, I think hollow knight is more fair and and because it is so fair in the way that all of the enemies and mechanics are designed it gave that game license to really ratchet up the difficulty like um does that make sense what i'm saying yeah. i mean i think yeah. hollow knight sounds like it's it's more difficult on purpose yeah yeah yeah, yeah, know, yeah, yeah versus yeah, being yeah. difficult just based on like the engine you know or whatever yeah 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 yeah, um yeah. and i i i would agree with that because you know i definitely have played some of those classic sort of mentored games and this definitely felt smoother and stuff in that way but yeah like just unforgiving you know in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um also i mean i think this game is great if you're like a dark souls fan yeah um, those there's two games that i think this game is mainly pulling from it is pulling a lot from super metroid and it's pulling a lot from dark souls yeah it feels like 2d dark souls with bugs and yeah i didn't yeah. i like dark souls uh, kind of but like i'm mm-hmm. not i don't i don't really like dark souls you know and <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so that, that, so the same the well. same thing stands for this game where like i hate like i want to know more about the world and what happened but I hate that they don't just tell you. No, yeah. It's terrible. It did something that I haven't seen any game since Dark Souls do, which is like emulate Dark Souls, like inscrutable lore. Like where, where characters just like speak in riddles and nothing is like explicitly ever exactly told Ah, to you. That's so frustrating. You just have to infer everything from like, I, I, I don't know. I like that. I like that kind of story design, but I can see how people, I I know I can see how people find that frustrating. And I can also see how people find Metroidvania is frustrating. A lot of people don't like not knowing where to go. Like exploration is not fun. It's like, I just want to progress. Like, I don't want to explore. I want to move forward in this game. I'm so, I'm so happy you said, I'm so happy you said the word progress because Uh when we, when we talked earlier this week or something, about mm-hmm. I think John asked me like well you know did you get to play a lot of Hollow Knight and one of the main problems I have with this game is if I want to tell you mm-hmm. how much Hollow Knight I've played there mm-hmm. is literally no way for me to tell you how far I've progressed in this game uh yes there well I mean there's an hour count but okay hour yeah um, but that's nothing yeah. I mean but, but yes there is so this fights. game yeah, exactly this game um pulls from both dark souls and especially super metroid so if you played super metroid you know that the main goal of super metroid is you have to defeat ridley you have to defeat craid and you have to defeat um i always forget the third boss's name i can't remember but there's three bosses you have to beat before you can fight the final boss once you beat those three bosses the door opens and you can face the final boss 
It's the same format in Hollow Knight. So one of the first things you discover is this really weird egg, and it's got three faces on it. Um, once you progress far enough in the game, it'll mark those three faces on your map, and those are your three objectives. You have to take down those three bosses before you can face the final boss. Okay, so well, I, I must, have, get very far I must then. have not even made it far enough to see one marking <laughs> so, on that. None of you guys I've, I've, uh, defeated any of the three. Uh, you you guys did, didn't get the map markers? I defeated markers. a lot of bosses of various levels, and one boss okay. that was like multi-level. Like, this boss took... He kept going after I thought he died and all this crap. So he was like the Which biggest boss I faced. He's the dude that jumps around and shoots fireballs at you. He was uh, like the, the Count of Souls or something. Like Was he like the, your second boss or third boss? I think maybe the third boss, but he was definitely the biggest boss I fought. Like He was in the okay. Soul Tower city, City of Souls. You have oh, the City of anything. Tears? Yeah, of Tears. that boss is pretty hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. He was not one of the yeah. bosses that you're talking about? Uh, no, he's not one of the three, I don't think. Damn. But I think it's like right after that, then you get the the three map markers. Oh, you didn't I never get that? Even, I never even saw the markers. Oh, okay. Nope. Me neither. Okay. I, uh, fought like, I fought like maybe five bosses and I get four. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. One of the things this game does really, really well is uh, when you think you've seen the entire scope of the game, like when you think you've seen everything, you're always wrong. There's always some huge secret, like some huge zone or some big thing that you haven't seen yet. Uh, that like this game is just constantly unfolding, and there's like always new things that you haven't seen yet. Which uh, I don't know. It it does that better than any other game I've played in recent memory. It seems like like just when you think like, all right, I think I, I've got everything. I've got everything. All right, I've beaten this game. And I like went online. I was like, what? Like there's all these like hidden zones and all these like optional challenges and stuff that I completely missed. Yeah, I would uh, argue even... that I would argue that maybe it's a little too big, actually. Really? Yeah, it's like too much. Too much choices. Mm. Yeah, too much too it's much too out there. It's like <laughs> it's like I don't want all this, you know. If it mm-hmm. was a nice I've actually I looked on my save file almost ten hours, eight, eight and a half hours and Okay. I feel like for this game, I should be close to the end, you know? And I'm really? not even, I don't even touch the beginning. Oh, dude, people say this game has like a 60 hour minimum or something like that. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I put maybe 30 something in, I, I think less than 30 in my first playthrough before I beat it. But you skipped a lot of optional stuff, right? I I did. I didn't even want to. I thought I had beaten all the optional stuff, and then like <laughs> I beat it, and I was like, "What the hell? Like, there's all these bosses I missed." Okay, okay. You know what else is frustrating is mm-hmm. um, okay. If I like every time I pass an obvious entrance to a new, uh, how, what do you call like a new? You know, you go through a door and it loads like a new, like yep. view, new zone, yeah, zone, right? Realm. Okay, I can always see doorways to realms that i can't reach right and i, and right. I know that's because yeah. i'm missing some sort of ability yep. that i yep. unlock but i don't know a what the ability is or uh-huh. b where to find it mm-hmm. so and it's so frustrating because i'm gonna forget where the hell this is aha uh-huh. uh-huh. that's one of the this game is so frustrating that's one of the really cool things that hollow knight does that i have not seen another metroidvania do is there is custom map markers you can use in Hollow Knight. 
So when you discover one of those places, you can put down like a pin on the map. Okay, yeah, and... but then no one's using that. And then like, how do you remember which pin? <laughs> what do you mean no one's using that? I use that. Oh, I didn't use them. Well, you got you got to pay uh, gel or or whatever. You do have to pay yeah. the the geo, yeah, to well, get fun, the custom map markers. Fun fun story. I actually didn't really feel. I I didn't realize geo had such an important purpose. Oh so, God! Yeah. Like, the first time I got a lot of geo for like the first kind of like mini box you fight, I think I had like over fifteen hundred geo or something, and I just mm-hmm. went and bought all of the items at that shop, mm-hmm. and including that's like probably all the a good use of geo though. That's no, not necessarily terrible. a bad. That's not necessarily a bad idea because like the map markers are really like they're, they're never not going to be useful. Hmm. You know what I mean? I guess yeah. Plus, there's opportunities to lose all that geo if you die twice, right? Exactly. Yeah, I've lost thousands and thousands of geo just because uh, it it also does the Dark Souls thing where if you die in you you don't lose ev- everything until you get back to that spot and you have a chance to recover all your stuff. Yeah. But if you die twice in a row, then you lose it all, which I I love that too. That's another like tough tough but fair sort of thing. It also um, adds see, a lot of stress, yeah, because then, like, if you're almost dead and you still haven't gotten to your body back, you have, like, heart palpitations trying to get back to your freaking body. Yeah, <laughs> God. yeah but you got to control those palpitations because that could get you killed again. Yeah, like, man. Rush it, rushing back to that body. God, <laughs> yeah. This is terrible. definitely not an easy game. Like, if, if I mean, this is a tough game, definitely. I, I would I would say my biggest frustration with this game has to be when you find the person who sells the map in the new area, but then mm-hmm. there's like a note on the floor and it says, sorry, I missed you. You can right, just go yeah, back yeah. to them. I swear to God, I go back to the town and there's nowhere, like there's nowhere to purchase the map that this guy says. Is Wait, I thought, I thought he only left when, whenever you purchased the map in that area. I, that's, I think the first time you can miss him uh, and and uh, after the first time you miss him, he'll go back and put that map in the town, I think. Uh, but subsequently, I don't think he leaves until you definitely find him. Yeah, that's what I thought. In any yeah. in any like zone going forward. I think that's how he works. And it's, also, it's how is that fat bug explained. getting to all, through all the stuff you're getting through? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing I like. Like, what? How are you here? <laughs> yeah. What? You, this old, like, limpy dude. Is, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the other thing I know that it's pulling from, because <laughs> I think the developers have explit like somebody's like, oh, you guys were like influenced from Dark Souls, and they're like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, no, this game is like definitely, um, especially all the way down to the healing mechanic, because that's one of the smartest things that Dark Souls does with the Estus flasks. Oh, right. Yeah, because when you take a drink out of the Estus flask, your character uh, you heal, but your character is required to stay motionless for like three or four seconds which in the middle of like a fight is a usually a bad idea um but it's 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 the psychological thing when you take a lot of damage you're like oh god i gotta heal i gotta heal i gotta heal but that's like usually one of the like worst options you can pick is just stand still for four seconds yeah um so so it's like one of those things like where like you die trying to heal yourself and you're like ah jesus that was my fault um, which is like definitely goes back into that like tough but fair uh, game uh, design that Dark Souls is, I guess, known for. And also Hollow Knight is known for, I would say, just uh, emulating the same sort of healing mechanic. Yeah, I, where you I have think to... I had to learn that when like certain boss fights, I was like, oh, I could totally get away with a heal here. And then no, I you can't. quickly that I can't. Uh... <laughs> yeah, because um, 
not only is not only do you take damage, but your healing is canceled, so like you lose twice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Timing is everything in those kind of games. Like mm-hmm. you, you do heal, but you gotta really time mm-hmm. it perfectly. Yeah. 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 You have to know the boss's pattern. Yeah. It it really rewards you for like memorizing patterns and you know knowing how to. I don't know. Be good. I also noticed that like uh, th- just the way you talk to the characters is very Dark uh-huh. Souls esque. How they're just always in the in the area, like looking off into the horizon. Yeah, yeah. Say like one phrase to you. you know? mm-hmm. yeah. I-, I do like the like Hollow Knight nonsense speak. The like Bathanada. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The like, like the just gibberish, whatever. Oh yeah, some of those sound effects are amazing. Uh, yeah, God, Jesus! The sound design in this game is very good, <laughs> very good. I thought the bug aesthetic was uh, a little weird at first, but then like mm-hmm. I fell in love a bit. Yeah, like, the yeah, more yeah. I played, it's so vibrant and colorful. Yeah, and yeah. Polished. Uh, art style and sound design were uh, huge pluses for this game. Yeah, the game has great art and great uh, music. I thought was pretty mm-hmm. good and the sound and everything yeah it's super chill yeah that's what i was saying i, I think it's a pretty chill sort of ambient uh-huh. sound but it oh it's really very nice. subtle yeah extremely yeah. subtle but really i nice. like the little orchestral it's very piano and strings uh it's very nice i like it yeah it, it uh, lends a lot to the ambience it's especially like when it, it kind of has that same sort of creepy i don't know if it's the chords they use but it, mm-hmm. it kind of adds to that feeling of like what happened in this world, like yeah, like it's almost yeah. it's not quite scary, but it's just this mood like melancholy, yeah, and yeah, kind yeah. of disturbing to me. I don't know, yeah. But at the same time, I want to know more. Hmm. Yeah. Um. There is. I will say, if you want to know more about the lore of Hollow Knight, there is like one YouTuber, uh, Moss Mouth, I think. Hello, this is James coming to you from the future. Uh, Technically, it's still the past if you're listening to this recording, uh, but it is a time that uh, is after the initial record date of this podcast. I am interjecting to uh, point out that the YouTuber I'm thinking of is Moss Bag, not Moss Mouth. M-O-S-S-B-A-G is the YouTuber. Moss Mouth is the name of Derek Yu's company. Uh, Derek Yu made Spelunky. So check out Moss Bag for uh, Hollow Knight lore explanations and Moss Mouth if you want to play an excellent roguelike platformer. Uh, Both of those uh, mossy things are good to check out. Anyway, back to the podcast. Who just does like super deep dives into Hollow Knight lore. And he has like hour-long videos that are like analyzing every like item description and location and character appearance and like every word of everything. Uh, and he presents a pretty convincing argument for how uh, the events and lore of Hollow Knight unfold. Isn't it weird though that like you have to have some guy dissect every piece <laughs> of dialogue to try to come up with a story that may or may not be accurate to the what the writers wanted like uh, yeah it has come I, down to deep analysis to but get. on the flip side of that i like building my own interpretation of what i think is happening and also i love going on and i did the exact same thing when i finished dark souls 
is I went in and watched like lore explanations and I tried to compare and contrast that with my interpretation of the game, which is, I mean, it's different and it's something that you lose. Like you, you cannot do that in a game that has a, like a, a, a strict hard, like this is exactly what happened. You cannot interpret this sort of thing. You know what I mean? It's, I don't know. It's different. I, I, uh, I don't know. That's another thing I can see why people find that frustrating. They want to be told exactly what happened. They don't want to have to fill in the blanks or, you know, uh, imagine, you know, what, what, what might have happened. But uh, I, I, I enjoy that sort of, uh, I don't know, uh, oblique storytelling, I guess. Something different. Yeah, something different for sure. Uh, what do you guys think? Any, anything else on Hollow Knight? Um, um, it was a good game. <laughs> I think, and I've said this before on this podcast, I think, I think it's a goddamn masterpiece. And I think it is the definitive Metroidvania. Uh, I, I, I think, I mean, the Metroid series has been, uh, that's been absent for a while. I know they're working on Metroid Prime 4. Obviously, Konami apparently doesn't even make video games anymore. God knows if we'll ever get another Castlevania game. I know Koji Igarashi is working on uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. In the meantime, I think Metroid and Castlevania, the, the throne has been usurped wow. by Hollow Knight. It is the best, the definitive Metroidvania game. Okay, strong words. Yeah. Okay. That's, for my money, the best. Yeah, I don't have such a strong opinion as you, James, but I definitely can see how it's a masterpiece, and mm-hmm. uh, I can see all the like, how the game gets all that respect and it deserves it. Right. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Like, I definitely can tell it's a good game. You know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe just we'll see. Like, maybe it's a great kind of like casual thing. I'll just like hop into, and then if I die in a boss fight, I'll just give up for a couple of months, but then I'll just come <laughs> back and yeah. slowly finish it over the next like five years. We'll see. Yeah, that's one of those things. The beauty of the Switch is like, hey, I have my Switch. What can I play? And it's yeah. Like, oh, I'll tell you what. The, the Switch is the perfect platform for it because I might actually yeah. finish it with it being on. If I was playing this on Steam, I would never finish this game. I have yep. Way too much other better yep. things to do it on my just PC. Goes into the backlog forever. Yeah. Right. Forever I backlog. mean, this game came out on Steam in 2017, and there was like some mild buzz about it. And then in 2018, when it came out on the Switch port, like suddenly everyone was talking about how great this game is. I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, it's you know, really there was an game. article on Reddit the other day. This, it stated that Hollow Knight sold a total of 2 million copies over the past uh, like three years or two years. Uh-huh. Yeah, it sold I, I, a lot. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I <laughs> I would guess it's probably more than I like 2 million almost seems small to me. But um, I, I know they've sold a lot. Which is awesome. Good for them. All right. Um, Hollow Knight. It's good. It's good. I'll give it my. I'll give it my uh, two thumbs up. Okay. What's your judgment, John? Uh, two thumbs up as well. Oh. All right. I'll give it three thumbs up. That's a total of. <laughs> I had to do math. Five thumbs up. <laughs> I have seven thumbs up. I think that's still wrong. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, I find, oh, shit! Shit! That's seven thumbs up! You forgot our thumbs. <laughs> I can't count thumbs. I'm not good at thumbs, guys. All right. Out of how many thumbs, though? Uh, out of t- 23. Good. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's a pretty good score. Seven Solid. out of 23 thumbs. That's that's pretty good. 
our top five for this episode is our top five favorite game worlds. Because uh, I think the one thing we could all agree on was the uh, game world and the aesthetics of Hollow Knight had a lot of care and effort put into them. So we're going to be talking about our top five game worlds this episode. All right. So uh, I, I struggled to come up with, uh, I mean, there's a lot of amazing game worlds out there. So I struggled to narrow it down to just five. But um, uh, I think um, all, all of the games that come to memory is kind of just how I went with it. And I'm sure I missed some really good ones. But nevertheless, my, my number five, it's a game that, that uh, was extremely popular. I think it's one of the highest selling games of all time. Everyone knows what it is. It's probably played one of the games in the franchise. It's a GTA V. Um, and the reason nice. why I picked GTA V uh, is because um, that particular world is probably their biggest one yet. And it's extremely detailed. And uh, I know as I played that game, it's just like there was no way I even covered probably like 10 or 20% of what that that world had to offer and so um yeah i i think that pretty much covers why gta 5 is like the definitive open world experience nice um so yeah uh for top five game worlds uh i intentionally uh left this kind of generic because what does that mean like what is a top five game world like what does that mean like good level design? Does that mean more like Grand Theft Auto Five, where it's like really detailed and high fidelity? Or does it mean like you enjoy the aesthetics of the world? Like what does that yes. mean? Uh, so I, I have a, a combination of all of those things for mine. Um, my number five is uh, when anyone asks me like, hey, if video games were real, man, what world do you want to live in? Who uh, asks you I that? Would, no one asks you I, that. I don't know, my wife has asked me that before. Okay. Um, uh, and I told her, I want to live in the world of Pokemon. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that is the best world. That's true. Like, I can, I can, like, walk outside and there's, like, a dragon. And then I, like, throw a ball at it. And now it's my dragon. That is awesome. Like, no, you got to beat it up first, bro. What? <laughs> right, right. I have to beat this dragon up uh, with another turtle i guess and then i get to keep this awesome dragon i can be like hey guys check out my dragon and you're like whoa and you're like what do you trade for that dragon i trained shit for this dragon this is my fucking awesome dragon and also by the way the best part of pokemon i don't i don't know if you guys have noticed this but like if you go into like any house in any pokemon game like talk to the (laughs) residents all the residents are always saying how they're like using the pokemon for basically slaves like they're like they're like oh man like my like uh my champ is just like he's like my mover guy i just like tell him to pick up heavy stuff and move it around the house and he just does it and he's my slave (laughs) <laughs> i don't know about the ethics of using pokemon as slaves but like if that's like a thing that is okay like well they're Machamp... soulless creatures so you know, <laughs> well, well isn't there like a lore piece to that right <laughs> didn't like professor ash said they just suddenly showed showed up in the beginning of the game and like we don't know what to do with them or what so we enslaved is. them <laughs> <laughs> we're obviously the better race so just you know <laughs> right right we threw balls at them and made them our slaves uh, well, assuming that there's no ethical problems with that, assuming like Machamp consents to be like my personal strong man around the house, 
Like, that's awesome. I, yeah, I want to live in this world for sure. In a world where I can, like, go outside, catch a dragon, and then, like, get on its back, and it's going to fly me around town? Like, well, fly I mean, me to work? If you that's think about awesome. It, if you think about it, my champ is probably going to do anything to not be cooped up in that little ball you keep him in. <laughs> that's true. He's like, well, please, he's please, say- I'll move more furniture. Don't put me back in the ball. So, yeah, really, well, it's actually quite it- sad. Right. His other yeah. his other option is uh, go, like getting sent to Professor Oak to be dissected. And right. Jesus. Or, or <laughs> fighting in a in a basically like you know a street fight <laughs> against other Pokemon. Jesus. The world of Pokemon is really dark. It, no matter like if you start diving into it, like all yeah. of the possibilities have like bad implications. Uh, that, that would be a great like another like manga or something would be like you know <laughs> from the Pokemon's point of view, you know. If you don't think about it too much, the world of Pokemon is like one of the best video game worlds. As long as you don't think about it too much. All right. All right. That's fair. Um, uh, my number five is a different Rockstar game. One that we talked about recently. It's Red Dead Redemption 2's world. Whoa. The world of Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, it's full of mystery. It's full of uh, various degrees of like terrain and everything um, in terms of like the physical world the the lore wise of the world you know it's it takes place in a time where the wild west is is dying and and uh civilization is is just starting to begin it's based on our history but it also mm-hmm. has kind of like some weird like you know kind of like you know there, there's hints of of you know i don't know uh, ufos or something you know there's little like what hidden, there is yeah there's, yeah there's like little hidden because you know it's rockstar games they're gonna have some sort of like hidden goofiness you know Oh, okay. um, so I guess, yeah, if you do some YouTubing and like kind of look up like Easter eggs and all that sort of in-depth things that you don't really see if you're just playing through it, you know, without without like seeking that stuff out, there's all sorts of little tidbits and everything that hint at, you know, it's kind of like all the, the little Easter eggs in that world. It, it's quite fun to explore and, um, and yeah, somewhere I like to visit often. So mm. my number five is, I don't, I don't know what you call it, but... Fake, fake Wild West, uh, Rockstar's version of the West. I don't know what Red Dead Redemption Two. That's West, the, <laughs> a Western video, game, the Western movie, but the West. Form. There you go. Yeah. All right. Yes. Yeah, so uh, my number four on the list. It's um, it's a pretty unusual number four, I would say. But uh, like, I've been thinking about that game, this game a lot, and. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's um, extru- extremely colorful, extremely vibrant. It's uh, Yoshi's Island uh, oh, for damn. Super Nintendo. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think it doesn't really compare to like the vastness of like Rockstar games or like uh, like the imagination that Pokemon is. But mm-hmm. um, from like a video game perspective and just from evoking feelings and nostalgia, it's just uh, super super colorful uh like easy on the eyes very fun interesting like gameplay mechanics um and the world itself is just like kind of color like just watching the color book unfold basically mm-hmm. so yeah yeah nice a, a an aesthetic choice for john um my number four is also a mario game uh it's also a paper craft game uh, it's Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door, and I love oh, yeah. the town of Rogueport in um, Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door. 
specifically just because of like how how alive that town feels like how much character that town has which is mostly due to just like the really um the really good writing and localization that game has like all of the townspeople have like like clever things to say they all have personalities they all um kind of live lives like different events will happen to them throughout the game like uh i don't know uh somebody like you'll step on like somebody's contact lens and it begins this whole side quest which was like totally an accident and it begins this whole side quest where you have to get their contact lens back and then um i don't it's just just these memorable characters because like this person gives you so much shit for accidentally breaking their contact lens (laughs) it's like well now you're you're in debt to me a thousand coins now mario you're like oh god like oh this guy uh, but then eventually this person, after you pay them back, like becomes your like personal chef and like helps you cook healing meals and stuff. Uh, it's ridiculous. I just love the ridiculous uh, humor that is present in Rogue Port in the Thousand Year Door. Yeah, I definitely thought that that place has a lot of character exactly right before mm-hmm. you said that, those exact words. Um, yeah, good four. My number four... Uh, I, I also don't know what to call it, but I will say the world of Halo, or wherever oh. Halo took place. I, I don't. What that that has a name? All right, I'm looking I, that up. Keep going. I don't really. I don't know it enough about it to have a name for it. But um, and I, and I don't mean just like the the Halo ring, you know. That, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. That they're yeah. like on. I mean, just the, yeah. the overall world, you know. Um. The world building in that game is actually, I think, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Like, well done. Um, mm. It kind of drops for a, for a first person shooter. Like, it just kind of drops you right away into like this. Oh, you have to start shooting aliens. Like, don't ask why. But slowly, you you start to realize, you know, mankind is in this you know ever present struggle uh, with this alien race, and then like another race comes in, and um, it, I don't know. It's just. It teaches you like it has each each mission. I'm talking about like original Halo here, of course. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Each mission kind of does a good job of um, developing the story and developing the world uh, further. And you start learning about all these different races and a little bit of the history of you know why um, you know humans are are you know in the struggle that they're in and. And then I kind of forget what happens in like the, the Halo games after that, mm. um, but I know that they've gone on to make books and make, uh, you know, I think uh, various other forms of entertainment. There's endless amounts of lore, yeah, surrounding the game, even fan lore too. I'm yeah, um, so it's just a very interesting world. Um, I really wish I spent more time in there after the first game, but um, it's it's definitely tempting to try to like pick up a book or something. Apparently there is no name for this. I was looking at it's just called the Halo Universe. There you go, the Halo Universe. I, That's what I, I figured it would have a dumb fictional name, but it's just the Halo Universe. Well, I think it's based off of like our universe, right? Because right, like, people, I, Earth is reference. Sort of, so, sort of, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. So, uh, yeah. my number three. <laughs> I guess gonna keep going here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, my number three is um, it's from the Zelda franchise. Oh. It's the latest, it's the latest installment in the series. Um, it's uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild. Oh, 
Yeah. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I can say about too much about the game. You guys have all played it, so. Um, but basically, for the listeners out there, it's uh, the first open world game of its uh, of the franchise, and uh, I think it takes kind of the mold that is Zelda and it kind of uh, changes it up a bit. But it gives you that like same feeling that you're playing a Zelda game, but just you know in an open world. And uh, you know, you for the first time ever, you get to have that sense of exploration where you're not really limited by like what the game wants you to do versus like, Hey, you can do anything in any order, which is like a very new thing for the series. And that's kind of refreshing. Like for someone like me, like I like Zelda games. I'm not like the hugest fan of them, but I think this is a little more digestible for me for, for someone who's like played a ton of open world games. It's a lot easier to relate to um, coming off of, you know, a lot of other big open areas. So Yeah. Yeah. Nice. You can always go back and listen to episode one. One and episode oh. one. The yeah. Phantom High Roll. Yeah, uh, check it out. <laughs> well, John, I'm pretty sure you've been copying off of me. You've been copying off my notes. Uh, my number three is High Roll, but not Breath of the Wild. I'm going to go with the High Roll as it appeared in Ocarina of Time. Uh, that's nice. that. That is like. I don't know. When I think of Hyrule, that's just the Hyrule. That's the first one that pops into my head. Uh, and it, a lot of that has to do with just the world building. Um, same as like Rogue Port. Uh, I, I, it's a game. It's a world that I've spent so much time in. Um, I haven't revisited Ocarina of Time in probably mm, close to 10 years. And I know exactly where everything is. Like if, if I picked up that game, like I could... It, I know that game like the back of my hand, right? Like, yeah, that's so it's, true. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's just a, it's a world I enjoy spending time in. It's a world that also feels vibrant and alive, the same way that like um, Thousand Year Door does. Uh, like when you go into a town, um, I, I I always think of like the back alley in the Hyrule Market Square where there's like all these mini games like Bomchu Bowling. I'm like, oh wow, that's cool. That's like what the townspeople do when they're not in the market this is what they do to kill time they go bowling like wow like there's like i don't know it like all those little things uh just helped bring that world to life i think i've mentioned that before like the fishing hole like oh wow this is what people do in hyrule uh by the way did anyone i brought this up before and i'm pretty sure it was on this podcast did anyone confirm (laughs) i just said i know this game like the back of my hand but i'm pretty sure you have to swim across like Hylia to get to the fishing hole. Am I remembering that correctly? <laughs> Cause that's the one thing that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Did really every, everyone who wants to go fishing in Ocarina has, has to swim, has to swim through yeah. this lake. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I think the fishing guy ought to move his location. Well, you know, that's kind of part of the day of fishing. Like you got to start with a good swim and then you nah. fish. I don't know. Yeah. No, only fishing in that game that I can recall of is the lake by the water temple. And you would get, like a really special prize if you caught the biggest fish, which I managed to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that the same re- area you're referencing? Is that near Hyrule? Uh, what are you talking? Hyrule is the whole kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I was thinking. I was thinking of the castle itself. No, oh no no no, no. the lake it's... Lake Hylia in in Ocarina of Time. Lake Hylia is not near Hyrule Castle. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. 
right. Um, <laughs> my number three uh, is John's favorite game, The World of the Witcher. Oh. Three. I mean, I guess, I guess The Witcher 3. Okay. All right. But yeah. I mean, they're all the same world. So The World of the Witcher series, I guess. Um, mm. I don't know the names for any of these worlds. Oh, that one definitely has a name. All right. I'm looking this one up. All right. Keep going. Terraria or... Oh, it's something like that. Something. Teladine. Something with a T, uh, right? T- yeah, it's something Teladrin. like that. Novagard. What? What's it called? Novagard? Oh, is that what Novagard. it is? Novagard. That sounds gay. Yeah, are, are you... Are you... <laughs> no, it's... What? Sorry. It's Novagrad. N-O-V-I-G-R-A-D. Okay, okay, okay. That sounds um, like something from, like, um, uh, some Nordic thing or something. Well, that's the city, and then the, the whole landmass is called Redania. There you Ooh. go. That's more like yeah. it. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like um, like almost Swedish or Nordish, yeah. you know, sounding. Yeah. What I like about this world is, <laughs> I can I can kind of imagine like living in a world where it's routine, like you're just hanging out at a bar having a pint of ale, and someone starts you know bursts into the bar and says, "Oh, there's a bunch of." You know, harpies outside, they got loose from the nest and they're attacking the townspeople. Like, it just seemed like it was like a routine part of life that then there's like this hunter guy's like, oh, well, you know, I'll take care of it because that's kind of like what I was raised to do. And everyone knows who you are because of the sword you carry or whatever, you know. I don't know. It was this really cool sort of narrative of um, everyone knows, like, what kind of person you are right away. And they're always asking you for, Hey, you know, can you help me out with this? Can you help me out with that? And it's like a routine part of life and everything. I don't know. I like that aspect of it a he's, lot. He's basically the medieval ghostbusters. Like, <laughs> right. Like yeah. You have a problem. You could, you call the witcher. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. And they had this so sense, they had this sense of like a uh, mystery about him. Like no one exactly knew what the ritual was like and not everyone survives. And it just kind of has this, mysterious like infamy to it um i don't know i really like that that whole world um by the way speaking of worlds that have really dumb names i thought this was the witcher but it's not it's dragon age you you know the name of the world in dragon age Dragonland. i forgot uh, no it's it's called thetas oh. t-h-e-d-a-s thetas i think is how it's pronounced um t-h-e-d-a-s the d-a-s the yeah. Dragon Age setting. Thetis. Uh, uh, oh, come on. Uh, I just ruined it for you. Uh, I ruined it for you. you did that is literally why it's called Thetis. That's it's dumb. Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> very dumb. I didn't dumb. know that. Undo that, I, James. <laughs> now, well, I ruined, I ruined that one for you. I'm glad. <laughs> All right. Moving on to my number two. Uh, it's a game I've been playing recently, and I've been talking about it at work with James a lot. Um, and it's really good. And uh, you might hear me bring it up later too. Uh, it's uh, Resident Evil Two. Oh, <laughs> you might hear or us bring guess, it up real soon. Yeah, or no? I mean, I'll, I'll probably mention it again when we uh, oh. talk about recommendations. So. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I guess in the greater scope of the universe, it's like Raccoon City is the is the area this game takes place in. And I think, um, as far as the game goes. It was probably it is probably the only um, like horror esque survival type game I've like completed all the way through. 
and I think it does a really good job of kind of screwing with your like play like at your playthrough like it it's such a different type of game from like any like any of the other games in the industry um it like the pressure you feel when you're like walking around the police station and like hearing like different sound effects in the background and not knowing where that's coming from even like like someone who's completely fresh to the game like me when you go to open the door and like you're in the inventory screen trying to pick something you're you don't know for sure what's going on like if the game is still actively going on or not and mm-hmm. you learn you like you know the more you play you you learn these things and you figure it out like oh like the the game is respectful of you and your inventory screen but you still hear sound effects and it still screws with you a bit yeah no god uh that police station can be like an entire semester long course on great level design, which by the way, maybe we can dive deeper into this in the very near future, because I'm pretty sure we're doing our next episode on resident evil two spoilers, I guess, whatever Uh, spoilers for our own podcast. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But wait a minute. So um, was it you, John? No, I guess that was Leo shit. I was going to say so much of, Resident Evil 2 is who just turned a fan on? Um, my wife is shutting go. the garage door and it's right under me. I think. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, right. yeah. Say it again. Um, I was going to say uh, so much of Resident Evil 2 is um, uh, exploration. Like that game, there's a lot of times in that game where you are not explicitly told where to go. There's a lot of times where you just have to fumble around and figure out where you need to be next. It's 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 a little bit of that Metroidvania game design, yeah. And it's it's a it's a different kind of like traversal, like in something like Hollow Knight, it's very brutal. But in this game, mm-hmm. it's just very psychological, right? <laughs> oh God, you are never not feeling stressed in Resident exactly. Evil. Yeah. So well, this like, is why I don't play like... any horror games. I mean, so <laughs> oh well, prepare yourself because we're gonna play some Resident Evil so- uh, two soon. I'll be playing it in the daylight for the next two weeks. Yeah, yeah um fuck where are we oh uh yeah john you're still copying off of my notes uh my number two is also a horror game not resident evil but another popular horror franchise my number two is the town of silent hill as it appears in silent hill 2 um i think that silent hill the town of silent hill as it appears in the second game uh is also you could have an entire semester long study on the level design of silent hill um uh, specifically because there, there's you you can you can design levels that are you know fun to traverse you can design levels that you know fold in on themselves and have a lot of secret passageways like you know in in metroidvania games you can design levels that are you know puzzles to figure out how how you need to traverse Silent Hill's levels are designed to psychologically fuck with you. And they're also designed to convey the theme of the game without spoiling too much of what the theme of the game is. But And and I'm talking specifically um, about the Silent Hill Historical Society, which is the, um, whatever, the zone of the game you play through near the end of the game. Uh, I've never been fucked up by level design before like that was the first time i was like oh holy shit like i can't even handle 
I can't handle what what where where this game is taking me just like in a in a physical space like the level design was absolutely uh subliminally uh I don't know fucky <laughs> what the um <laughs> Uh, I, I I don't want to go. Uh, it's so no spoilers. hard. To I gotta get around to playing. This, I know, try to play I know. this game. Um, yeah, if you want to try to understand what the hell I'm talking about, and go play that game. It's, you had it's me. It's a at, good one. You had me at fucky. I really want to try that out. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. What an amazing game. Um, Silent Hill Two. The Town of Silent Hill Two. Oh my god, the town of Silent Hill, as it appears in Silent Hill 2, but specifically the Silent Hill Historical Society. All right. Um, my number two... Oh, um, my number two is one of many in the series of games called The Elder Scrolls. But this one in particular is the world of Morrowind, as seen in Elder Scrolls uh, 3? Morrowind? I think. Um, it's actually, actually, so here's another, that's another like world where the names are kind of crazy, right? Uh, Morrowind mm. is just part of the greater continent of like Tyrodeal or whatever. I don't know what the names are. Um, you want me to look this one up too? No, it's fine. Um, cause a lot of people <laughs> right. like John is probably more familiar with Skyrim, um, which actually takes right. place in the same world. It's just two, right. sep- two different areas. Yeah. Um, in I was the, gonna say, uh, I was gonna add to that, saying like, um, I understand that Skyrim is just like the northeast region of this massive landmass of the Elder Scrolls games. Right. And technically, Morrowind is the biggest area, as as I think um, Todd Howard explained when what Skyrim was releasing. Nice, yeah. Um, and it's for such a large area, it's actually has a really good feeling of it, kind of feeling somewhat lived in, I guess. Um, it was the first mm-hmm. game that that I remember witnessing people kind of strolling around and having their own like schedule of things to do. Every time you mm-hmm. went into a city, it felt like people definitely live here. Uh, they're doing yeah. their own thing and um, and they they have their own routine and their own lives. And then what you do is you sneak into their huts while they're sleeping and you murder mm-hmm. them, and then you take Rob their stuff. Blind. And then yeah. the Assassin's Guild is like, hey, you should be an assassin, you know? Um, so there's like, I don't know, there's a lot of the Elder Scrolls are kind of like, I kill a lot of people in a lot of Elder Scrolls games. But um, but yeah, that was just kind of, to me, the first one that they really mastered that um, that style. But yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm noticing that seems to be a commonality here. Uh, we really like these, uh, whatever, really detailed worlds that feel really lived in that feel like they're alive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, there, I, there you go, John. Yeah. I I was uh, I was going to play off your segue. Um you and, didn't though. <laughs> I I would say uh, as far as lived in open worlds, I think my number 1 is probably the best example of that. Um and it's uh part of the same franchise that was mentioned earlier and it's called Red Dead Redemption, the first one. Oh, ooh. <laughs> yeah. That's a twofer. So, uh, uh, yeah, well, you know, Leo mentioned the second game and he mentioned kind of like some of the cool little Easter eggs and things like that. I think the first one had some of that too, but what I really liked it was was the originality of it. It's um, it kind of brought back the Western, you know, idea. Like before it, you know, Western, Western movies were kind of like the only example of like 
Western media or entertainment. And it was like black and white. It was like really hard to get into, like for someone newer, younger. And I think Red Dead Redemption did an amazing job, like putting a stylistic spin on that. And like, I remember playing that game and people were saying stuff like, oh, you're just playing GTA with a with the skin on it. Like the, the horses are basically cars, but with skins on them. And like, like everything's just skin differently. I'm like, I had pretty low expectations going into that, but like the game really has this immersion effect of like being in a Western setting, having these Western characters, um, like being an outlaw and like still having a moral compass, like these themes that you hear about in all these Western movies, but if you don't watch them, you wouldn't never know. And it kind of ties all that really well. And it makes you like, it makes you legit like, like, Oh wow. Cowboys are actually really cool. Like, like it makes you really think that cowboys are cool, man. Cowboys are cool. Uh, and I've got no way to segue (laughs) from cowboys are cool into my number one game, which (laughs) is the world of Lordran as it appears in the original dark souls. Uh, if, if you could, if you could, if you could teach semester long classes on the police station in resident evil two, and the Silent Hills Historical Society, uh, you you could whatever do an entire lifelong study on uh, the the world design and the level design and uh, of Lordran. Uh, it's so good from from like a technical standpoint of like f- f- like player flow, like guiding the player through the world, like where the player needs to go next. Uh, that's really good, especially the first half of the game. Uh, but also like the lore, you know, um, just like all these really interesting areas. Um, uh, like the first time you go to like Anor Londo, you're like, oh, wow, this is like a kingdom, like as it appeared back in those times, like it's not completely in ruins yet. Like, wow, this is crazy. Or when you go to um, new La- the new Londo ruins, like uh, under underneath the Firelink Shrine, um, you're like, oh god, like this is hell. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but you can tell, like that whole area, like just has a history to it. Like you can just feel that from the the, the level design. They did such a goddamn good job. Um, the first time, if you ever discover that Ash Lake is a thing. Because that's a totally optional area. Just like going down there and you're like, wow, there's this whole huge hidden zone. Like, amazing. Um, and I know that there are some zones in, in Dark Souls that are not as good as the others. I know a lot a lot of people bring up um, Lost Isolith and the Demon Ruins as examples of like, oh, this these areas suck. Like, I kind of reject that. I don't think those areas are bad and I don't think they suck. I think they're just average, but like strictly because they are average and because the rest of the game has like this, like amazing, like unparalleled level design, these like strictly average zones really stand out. And you're like, oh, like, okay, I've transitioned from like, (laughs) <laughs> amazing level design like this is what amazing level design is like um like i i don't i i reject the idea that those zones are bad uh 
I, I don't think those are bad level designs. Right. Not, I think a, not inherently just... bad, but bad relative to the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah, relative to the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just wanted to qualify that in case somebody is like, oh, I don't think it's that great. Like, what about these areas? Like, I know. I know that they exist. And I don't think they're as bad as people say they are. The Dark Souls world is, the lore is really what, what attracts me the most. And like so much yeah. so that I actually watched like videos trying to explain the history and, and everything. Are you fucking mocking me right now? No, or I did. No, serious? I, 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 what, what the fuck off? Then why, why were you criticizing Hollow Knight for having the no, exact same storytelling I'm, lore? Than... I'm, because I don't, I can't do it while I'm playing the game. I have to go watch a video to, to know about the world, which kind of sucks. It doesn't make it less <laughs> interesting. It just makes it less, um, uh, 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 accessible. accessible yeah that's perfect it's word. definitely less accessible yeah that's the part but that you, sucks you, you, you can't like it in dark souls and then turn around and criticize it in hollow knight no, I it's said, the same thing i said hollow knight had a well, good had good lore that i don't know anything about that's the thing that I found uh, okay okay all right I, just making I think sure he was you're being just consistent. saying it's like it's super cryptic but when you get right. to oh the absolutely lore, absolutely when you get to the yeah. lore, it's really good yeah yeah like i it's, want it's, i want to juicy. know more yeah it's juicy, but you got to work for it. You yeah. got to get, uh, you got to work off the shell and get to that uh, no. yeah. See, sweet. I don't sweet like. I don't like center. I don't like eating crabs for the same reasons. Too much work. And very little meat. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, it tastes right. really good, but I wish you would just right. give me the meat. <laughs> All right. Fair. Mm-hmm. Just making sure you're being consistent. Oh yeah, I'm consistent in my bad opinion. Yes. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad opinion. It's a popular opinion. A lot of people don't like that style of storytelling. I do, but I can see how other people don't. I think I would enjoy Dark Souls and Hollow Knight about a thousand percent more if you just wrote up a quick five-chapter book about the story and just handed me that. <laughs> just said, here's here's everything you need to know. I would I would love that book. <laughs> All right. Um, my number one has already been talked about. Uh, it is the world of Hyrule. Um, ah. I don't really, I'm not picky about which Hyrule you want to talk about. I'll take any Hyrule. Whoa, 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 whoa. We got a threesome here, guys. Well, you got to be more specific, though, because all the games do uh, like. You know what? I'm going to pin you down. I'm going to pin, John and I are going to pin you down in this threesome, and you're going to have to tell us uh-huh. which Hyrule like, is Waker your favorite. Like, Wind Waker is completely different than Majora's Mask. Right, 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 I mean, right, right. Exactly, it, it's, exactly. It's kind of different, but. But what I'm saying is, even in their differences, they're all still really good, and they're all still, to me, the number one worlds. Like every, mm. I'll I'll pin every Zelda, Hyrule against any other worlds you guys talked about. They're all better. In my yeah, but opinion. half of them don't even take place in Hyrule. Uh, any Hyrule, any Hyrule world, is the best. Okay, but if I had to pick mm. one. It's gonna be yeah, there. You go. Here we go. It's gonna be Ocarina of Time. Hyrule. Okay. Okay. You know what that's what I wanted to get out of you. Yeah. I mean, that's. Yeah, I think be that's fair. Um, I definitely agree with you guys. Ocarina of Time is uh, probably the definitive, like the, the first one everyone thinks of. Yeah. Yeah. It's just uh, it's just classic, man. And for everything James said, like just beautiful, well designed, and so full of history and lore, and it tells you about it. You know, doesn't make it a mystery. You know. <laughs> Or gives you just enough of a mystery that you know you're going to find out about it as you play the game. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it has a good balance. That's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Good games. It's good worlds. Uh, let's have some good endorsements. Sure. John, what you got to endorse? 
All right, so I was saying how I was mentioning it in one of my top fives. Yeah. I think Resident Evil Two is a, a game I endorse. Ah, yeah. I'm and going to second. I was just gonna say I don't want to say too much more because I, I think we're gonna talk about it next episode. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna second your endorsement because that's probably our next episode. So we're probably gonna take a deep dive on what makes RE2 so good on our next episode. Uh, I um oh god, there's two things I can endorse. You know what? I'm gonna endorse a movie that I watched the other day. Uh, so if you know me or if you're an avid listener of the podcast, of which there are two maybe uh uh those people know that i love bad movies somehow somehow as much as i love bad movies somehow i've never seen birdemic that just slipped past me for some reason i've never seen birdemic i watched it last weekend it is so fucking good it is exactly like my like perfect style of bad movie just so bad it's good Hmm. like it's still watchable like because there are certain bad movies like i always cite um because um plan nine from outer space is always brought up as one of the worst movies ever and it's like it's just bad bad it's just unwatchably boring bad awful trash but like movies like the room and movies like birdemic are just like these perfect train wrecks that like a real special kind are, of bad they're just you you want to watch them just for how bad it like you want yeah. to see how bad that train wreck gets yeah and yeah. birdemic gets real bad it has the same it has the same sort of thing that the room does where you're like oh my god all right it can't get any worse than this like oh okay it got worse but there's no way it's gonna get any oh my god wow like we've hit a new low uh and cinematic like unprecedented trash and yeah birdemic holy shit uh acting is terrible the plot is like doesn't really make any sense but like there's these really heavy-handed I, I don't it's just go watch it. It's a train wreck. On a scale Birdemic. on a scale of one to shit faced, how drunk should I be yeah. to watch Birdemic? I watched it sober and I couldn't breathe. Now here's the thing. I was eating ice cream while I was watching it. Oh. And I swear to God, every time I took a big spoonful of ice cream. Like, the dumbest garbage happened on screen, and I couldn't stop. Like, I couldn't laugh because I would, like, inhale all the ice cream, right? And I didn't want to, like, choke myself, so I had to, like, do these, like, gasping breaths, laughing sort of thing where... I don't know know if you have to be drunk, but I also would not recommend eating while watching because, God, it, it gets real dumb. Okay. Noted. Yeah. Yep. Cool. I'm going to check that movie out because I definitely like me some bad, bad movies. Yeah. So bad they're it's, good. It's movies. Mwah, it's fantastically <laughs> bad. All right. Um, I'm going to endorse, um, as you two know, um, I am currently standing in the very empty bonus room of my new house, um, um, for which we just bought two days ago. And Whoa, congratulations. Home ownership. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. So. One of the well, there's a couple of things that we're looking to do in oh. the new house, which we're now able to do. Sorts of like projects right. and all. I that. mean, you don't have to talk about that on the podcast, but uh. well, the reason why I'm talking about it is because 
in in order to I was trying to make a sex joke, but it didn't land. Oh, 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 uh, I, see. oh I, know, I, I got it. it. Oh, I got it. Oh, I thought it was, well, I got it. So innocently sweet. He's like, yeah. No, well, that's not going to, it's not going <laughs> to, it's not going to help that I'm going to be talking about playing with wood for the next, for oh, my endorsement. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> my right. endorsement well, is getting into some, uh, some hobbyist woodworking. Um, oh. Because there's lots of things that we want to, uh, like pieces of furniture or something like, like. Just little things that we want to put in the house, um, but we don't necessarily have the funds after spending it all on the house to buy things. So if you learn how to make a box or make a couple of simple shelves um, with uh, some pine wood from like Home Depot, you can save yourself a lot of money. And all you need is, you know, uh, you can use some hand tools or just like a circle saw and uh, some screws, you know, and a, and a, a power drill. And you can build. You're going for. You're going for functionality over form. Sure. I guess. Right? Yeah, yeah. And a couple of years ago, I got into woodworking a little bit, um, thanks to a book by Nick Offerman called "Good Clean Fun," um, <laughs> where he talked about uh, having good clean fun, you know, woodworking uh, as a as a kind of a dying art form, I guess. But it's it's kind of had a bit of a resurgence as like the hipster folks are more into doing things yourself and like you know more organic things you know so um yeah it's kind of cool to be like woodworking and stuff um these days so yeah i mean it's it, it gets you out of the computer chair and into the garage and like creating something with your hands designing it and putting it together it feels really cool so i highly recommend that book good clean fun by nick offerman and i highly endorse uh taking up some woodworking and you're just such a, uh, I don't know, such a man's man, just woodworking and you're rugged and crafty. Right. I mean, if you look at like my typical weekend, I'm like woodworking, mm-hmm. smoking a cigar after I shoot my guns and drink some <laughs> scotch. And it's like, dude, are you a lumberjack? You know, I don't know. Maybe. Come back on the next episode to see Leo the Lumberjack <laughs> play a horror game. Ah, oh, boy. Um, because that's yeah let's that's, see if you're still a man after that <laughs> that's where i turn into a, a wee little girl i'm gonna turn into a All little right. girl under a table and cry okay well look forward to that okay um i still need to finish that game john is the only one of the three of us who has finished it at the moment i am it's, near the end i gotta close it out all right i'll try you yeah. guys get at least try a second playthrough because i'm gonna go for that i will start tonight and see how far i get in two weeks it's so good yeah? <laughs> that game okay. is really good right. yeah it's it's reasonably paced too leo like i think i finished the first playthrough in like seven hours so yeah. it's not long at all, all right. it, no it's definitely not i've long. spent more hours in shitty hollow night I, whoa oh, no, shitty. okay sorry 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 I, I didn't mean that it's a great game two thumbs up <laughs> five thumbs up or maybe seven <laughs> thumbs up who knows how many thumbs we have up <laughs> find out next time Hey, for the Good Games Podcast, I've been James. I'm Leo. And I'm John. And we'll see you next time. See ya. And uh, later, like the big thing about this particular game, or I guess I'm sure he appears in other games, um, is uh, the infamous Mr. X which is this character that 
the game just drops on you. You have no idea who he is. And he starts following you throughout the world. And it's just like another level of uh, psychological torment on top of mm-hmm. what the game already does. Because mm-hmm. you have this pressure of like trying to get to the next area in the game or in this police station and trying to like figure out how to get out. And then you also have this guy that's like chasing you out throughout the whole police station. So you just have like two bands of pressure forward and backward the whole time. That's what she said. <laughs> the whole time. 